There's some parents who are so concerned that their kids not grow up to be prideful that they seem to do as much as they possibly can to crush their little one's spirits at every turn. Maybe they were raised that way. Maybe they don't know any better. Maybe they don't realize what they're doing. You've heard the refrains before. You're a bad child. You're not enough. You're stupid. And it goes on and on and on. And not surprisingly, this tough love approach often becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And people grow up believing it. I am a bad person. I'm not enough. I'm stupid. Unfortunately, there is a theological equivalent to this line of thinking. Now, the church has always taught that after the fall of our first parents, there's something kind of off, sort of not quite right with us. We have this tendency to sin and disorder the church fathers called concupiscence. But around the 16th century, some of our Protestant brothers and sisters began to teach that concupiscence wasn't just a tendency to sin, but that it already was sin. I mean, St. Paul did write, did he not, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3, that we are by nature children of wrath. So John Calvin posited the doctrine of total depravity, namely that after the fall, man is utterly depraved. The way that some people would describe it later was that you are a heap of dung. And what Jesus does is hold his nose, cover you with snow so you're nice and pure on the outside but you're still what you really are on the inside. Now, this idea takes a grain of truth and runs to the extreme with it. And, of course, it has all kinds of consequences. The Catholic Church reacted very strongly to this idea. God looked at everything He created and found it good. Man is created in his image and likeness, and even though we struggle and we can lose that likeness because of sin, his image isn't ever totally erased in us. Grace doesn't just cover totally depraved people like an optical illusion. Grace changes us and elevates us beyond the natural to the supernatural life of grace and friendship with God. As Thea Bowman, the African-American religious sister who's up for canonization, once put it, God made me and God don't make no junk. 
That's what we believe as Catholic Christians. God made me, and God don't make no junk. Even at Mass, you'll notice that the priest puts a little drop of water into the chalice filled with wine. And as he does so, he prays, by the mixture of this water and wine, may we share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity. Christ's first miracle at the wedding at Cana was to turn water into wine. The early church fathers saw humanity baptized into Christ as a little drop of water plunged into the wine of the joy of the divine nature, copious in abundance. And if Jesus can turn water into wine, why can he not turn you into something beyond what you are? Man is, according to the Latin expression, capax dei, capable of God. In fact, the pre-Reformation church didn't think twice about calling redemption, justification, and sanctification by the term divinization. We become like God by participating in the divine nature by the free gift of grace given by God through faith in His Son. The first gift of Lent, which is repentance, leads to this divinization. But you know what? It's a gift even some Christians find too hard to believe is true. They would rather listen to the lies of the accuser that still echo through the centuries, through the mouths of heretics four centuries ago, that they are not actually capable of being internally changed. And so then we wonder why people are so messed up, even Christians. And Jesus knew that this would happen. He knew that the crucifixion was going to work a number on his disciples and on us too, and that our experience of sin and death was going to leave us hopeless that there was anything beyond the grave. He knew that the resurrection was going to be such an awesome event that even his friends would not be quite sure what was happening, even as he passed through walls to say, peace be with you. And so he takes Peter, James, and John up a mountain and is transfigured before them. He gives them a foretaste, a prequel of the resurrected body. Now, I have to confess that I've always found it a little odd that Jesus only took three of the twelve up the mountain, right? I mean, why didn't he take his mother to witness this unforgettable event? Or why didn't he do this in front of everyone? Well, I guess his mother wasn't going to need such a confirmation of faith in advance. 
She was immaculately conceived and full of grace after all. And he revealed that the kingdom of God is within you. To perform a feat of miracle like that would cause people to see Jesus as some kind of earthly liberator or a master at sleight of hand on a grand scale. And that's hardly an invitation to quiet and simple faith. Maybe it was because he wanted to underscore that extraordinary manifestations of the divine presence and might and glory, that those are a gift and they can't be ordered on demand. Or because some people can walk with Jesus and still not have the resurrection of the body and soul to heaven at the end of time because they persisted in unrepentant mortal sin even unto death. I don't actually know the answers to these questions, but I will ask them of my Jesus the first chance I get that I can assure you. I have a long list, and I'm sure you do too. The transfiguration of Jesus points to our resurrection at the end of time. And also the fact that it means that we too can be transfigured. The second gift of Lent is that our Lord sometimes comes to us in unexpected mountaintop experiences to strengthen our faith and give us enough power to run the race to the end and win the crown of victory. The gift is that we are made in the image and likeness of God. We may not be worthy by nature, but we are made worthy by grace. Really worthy, not just a simulacrum of worthy. So yes, Paul was right to call us children of wrath because we can be and we can stay that way if we want to. That is the blessing and the curse of free will. But made from the dust as we were, and destined to ashes as our bodies will be. We are offered the gift of repentance that leads through transformation to eternal life with a God who doesn't hold his nose when he sees us, but is ready to say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord.